0: I'm nicotine. I'm coming clean. I fooled the crowd when I made it sound like I was more than ready. Strike up the band to my
1: sleep. no like Hello, and welcome back to the When You Were Young podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Dan. And, uh,. Today is day, hmm, 20-something oh, of our of our self-isolation.
0: We are at day 20, I want to say 24.
1: It might be 24. Yeah. Anyway, we've been in self-isolation since March 13th, 14th, 14th. that's right. We feel like it's time for another podcast. Yeah. Um In our ideal world, there would be guests here, but uh, we're not allowed to see people right now. Yeah. Just Just each other and our cat.
0: And we're hesitant to take it online, but we will.
1: Yeah, we're learning um, how to make that sound best and how to get guests on the podcasts in a you know in a way that we're happy with. But for yeah. now, uh, we have a lot to talk about on a different subject that we think you know you, the viewer, reader, listener, <laughs> might enjoy, which is music. So specifically, we want to talk about um, all things music from growing up, and it's kind of a fun. Uh, overlap, because the title of this podcast, When You Were Young, is itself a reference to a music we enjoyed when we were young it's true. by The Killers. So we're excited to talk about that. Um, Dan has a piece of bookkeeping to take care of. Yeah,
0: I do. I wanted to mention uh, up front that I haven't talked about the theme song for this. And I say theme song, but it's someone else's song. I just took it as the theme song. And that can be a little dicey because you're messing with copyright and stuff like that. And I, I wanted to make sure that the artist, who uh, is a band called The Format, who are still touring but don't make new music anymore, um, were okay with that. So they're a band that I loved in high school and that wrote songs that I felt encompassed high school for not just me, but I think people uh, in general. I think the lead singer Nate wrote about growing up and and leaving your hometown in a way, in a really, like, uh, thoughtful way. And so I, on a whim, you know, when I thought, like, I really want to do this song, I'm ready, I am, as the theme, I reached out to him on Twitter, and I just, like, he couldn't have been nicer about it, and I just want to give him and the format, like, a shout-out slash thank you for letting us use that song. I remember he replied with, and I quote, yes, of course, if someone tries to come at you about using it, I'll fight them. <laughs> Best of luck with the podcast. And, Very um, nice. Just thanks, Nate. and Thanks, Nate. Appreciate thanks that. For the
1: format. Uh, okay, cool. So we're going to get into it. I am in charge on this episode, which I'm very excited about. Um, but it's going to be more conversational than the past two have been. The past two, kind of one of us was interviewing the other. Yeah. This is going to be a little bit more, you know, we both kind of bounce off each other and, um, reflect on our mutual experiences growing up with music. So I think the first question I wanted to hit on was, you know, maybe we can talk broadly about what the role of music has been in our life and specifically on who we were when we were growing up
0: two things that matter that matter to me more than anything when i was younger and matter more than anything to me now are sports and music yeah it's funny going through what we're going through now yeah i have no sports Mm -hmm. i haven't had sports in a month you know what i've been like in that period of time yeah I could be okay with no sports. Like, Mm -hmm. I've been okay here. There's plenty of other things to consume via the television. Like, (laughs) it's been okay for me. But it's... I think it's shown me, like, just how important music has been for me my entire life and how it has... is just as important as it is then, as it is now, given Mm -hmm. this pandemic that we're dealing with. Like, I can still go to that... those albums and all the songs that I love. Are you asking me, like, who... Uh,
1: yeah. I think part of that is... You know, what What music shaped your childhood? You know, we talked about on the last episode that music has obviously been a large part of my life as far as, like, the performing arts and, like, right. playing instruments and singing and all that stuff. But also just the pure joy of listening to music has always been, um, I don't know, part of my life. It's sort of, like, been the way that I figure out how I feel about stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the way that I figure out how to, have, you know, be more empathetic towards others. I, yeah. I just think it's... And like you said... It, it'll. It's always there for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So who? Uh, I, I feel like everybody has an artist or a band that kind of looms large in. Sure. The story of their life.
0: It's Bruce Springsteen.
1: And we are so surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone listening is
0: completely shocked. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen is who my dad is. He's his number one, most really influential culture figure. I mean. You meet someone and they're always like, Oh my god, my dad is the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan. <laughs> right. No one's a bigger fan than my dad. And I'm not gonna say my dad is the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan because there are ridiculously huge
1: sure.
0: cult following Bruce Springsteen fans. My dad's been to seventy Bruce Springsteen shows. It's a Seven lot zero. of shows That's since a lot. since nineteen eighty. He got into him in the seventies, but I think went to his first show in nineteen eighty. Dad checked me in the comments if I'm wrong. <laughs> Bruce's I got into him when I was, when I was young, my dad like meticulously got me into him with like the hits early on and me and Liz, my sister kind of rolled our eyes, like we knew the New Jersey thing, like cool, but we were just too young, you know, Mm. we were too young. My dad was just, he's, he's, has been, always been a mega fan and that has, once I hit high school really um, trickled down to me and he became just the most important music figure of my life. I have plenty of Bruce stories if we want to get into them now, or at least the ones that we may, we may wait for those, but yeah, I think uh, we've got, we've got space for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And And I think,
1: yeah, for me, it's the Beatles. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if, I think we have different attitudes towards this. Um, like for me, the Beatles are definitely the musical group that had the most influence on like my taste. It was like the thing that, um, informed the taste of my family members like my dad is like your dad an enormous beatles fan um and there are lots of other family members i have that are beatles fans like yeah. i just growing up the music that was on was usually the beatles it was just like air you know it was everywhere i didn't like have a preference i just the beatles i knew all of their songs again not by choice it was just kind of like around me um but the beatles are you know kind of like bruce springsteen like masters of their genre like hmm unbelievably experimental and sort of innovative with pop music in ways that continues to reverberate. So even though I don't, I don't like sit down to listen to the Beatles, but you could definitely trace back the things I care about now and mm-hmm. see where that comes from, uh, lyrically, musically, melodically, all that stuff. Yeah. So I think for me, that's like the most influential, you know, I think we've hinted at this with this topic. I mean, we've we sort of already answered the question, mm-hmm. but... I, I want to talk more expansively about the music that your parents listened to or the music that you grew up around. And specifically, I want to know, like, what CDs were they playing, like, in the car? Yeah. In the kitchen?
0: When I think about the kitchen, I think about, like, my mom cooking in the kitchen. hmm She played... She was big into a lot of different things. Um, the Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. Like, Remain in Light. But then she would listen to, like, musicals. And, like, in the car, it was, like the play Oklahoma mm-hmm. the, uh, it's a um, musical it's a but yeah musical. yeah. Graceland oh yeah by Paul Simon which is like I feel like should be in every car or kitchen during oh for sure once it came out but that was huge in our house a song that I just remember playing all the time in the kitchen because my mom loved the song I think liked like the band a lot but loved the song was where the streets have no name by you too mm. it is that <laughs> song is so good and there are people I especially our age that like like, turn their shoulder at U2, or don't, well, like, U2 has become, like, a butt of a lot of jokes, and I granted, I know they put their freaking album... They forced it like, onto our phones. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah.
1: Um, I think, unfortunately, the, um, U2 has become grocery music for a lot of people, yeah. and it really shouldn't be. I, I'm not gonna, you know, actually, my dad would be the person to vouch for U2. He's a huge U2 fan. Mostly their earlier stuff. I don't think that they've maintained... Their quality no. over their entire careers. I think something happened to Bono in the Sunglass era. Yeah. However, those songs are unbelievable. You're lucky yeah. to hear them in the grocery store. Like, yeah. take a moment and enjoy that. It's, it's so good.
0: Yeah. And, like, for my dad, I think about... Um, especially, we're talking about the 90s, you know? I was, I was a 90s kid. Mm-hmm. The Spin Doctors. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what the album was called. Something Kryptonite. Pocket Full of Kryptonite, it was called. And... My dad and I had a wide-ranging, you know, musical taste too. Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Neil Young, um, and a lot of those singer-songwriter stuff, but a lot of different stuff. Talking Heads, too. Warren Zevon. Ni- I just remember, like, The Spin Doctors and, like, <laughs> Two Princes, if you sure. remember that song. And, cool. Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. That. And a band that my mom hated that my dad listened to, even when they started dating, she hated this band, Leonard Skinner. I listen to their stuff every so often, I'll, I'll put a song on. but. Blind or something—I remember like a huge, this green box set of like I don't know four or five like kind of greatest hits. It just—it's that picture of this box set is ingrained in my memory. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, yep. I—it was really wide ranging, and there was a lot of it. You know, my parents were divorced, so for a time their music tastes were the same, mm-hmm. and then they kind of diverged. Yeah. So they both were really into new wave music, so like the Cure. Depeche Mode, The Smiths, that kind of thing. So I I listened to a lot of that stuff growing up, a lot of The Smiths. I think that's also very informative of my tastes in general. But, yeah, I remember my mom had a pretty, you know, she liked a lot of things. She liked hip-hop. She liked, um, you know, pop. She liked singer-songwriter type stuff. She had varied interests. But I have you know Graceland was big mm-hmm. definitely I remember listening to Graceland a lot in the car with my mom mm-hmm. I remember listening to this one Billy Joel album that came out when I was a kid uh River of Dreams yeah which is not his best um although you know I don't want to I don't, wanna, I don't wanna have that conversation about like what's the best Billy Joel album but uh you know River of Dreams has great songs on it uh Morrissey the Smiths I mentioned that already but Fiona Apple I remember listening to with yeah. my mom my mom loved Ben Folds she still does uh, and then you know my dad it was just it was all over the place I shared that he was in like rock bands and stuff so there was yeah. just a lot of rock music yeah. um, that frankly I wasn't all that wild about yeah but I remember listening to The Black Crows that song is called She
0: Talks to Angels
1: that one and then the oh, other one
0: um keep Hard to, Hard to Handle Hard to Handle yeah yeah yeah
1: great song Blues Traveler
0: oh my dad was big into Blues Traveler this is yeah. the 90s he was talking about I forgot oh yeah about. Blues yeah. Traveler I'm talking about like huge. my dad's
1: pickup truck yeah life. for sure yeah um, and then this one CD that my dad had in his pickup truck that we both became obsessed with that is not that good. It's the soundtrack to the film Gross Point Blank starring John Cusack I've and Mini Driver. I've seen that movie, yeah. It has a fabulous soundtrack. If you haven't had the pleasure, please check it out. Just a few of the things I remember. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, we'll talk about this too. I think there's like a definitive break between when it's your parents' music that you have no choice but to listen to. or right. Maybe you enjoy right. it. And then it becomes your music yeah. at some point. You yeah. take kind of this uh, this turn. Mm-hmm. So I guess in that regard, what was the first album that you remember having as a kid? My
0: first ever album, I'll never forget this, my dad coming through the door after work, and he has two cassettes in his hand, one for my sister and one for me. My sister gets Spice Girls, I believe their debut album, Spice World, which everybody oh, yeah. had. Great album. And he gave me Chumbawamba's... Tub Thumper. I was... Isn't
1: that Tub Thumping?
0: That's the song.
1: Oh my god, Yeah, really? the
0: album is Tub Thumper.
1: I learned something today. I
0: was obsessed with that song. Not just because it name drops me. It says Danny Boy and like... <laughs> right. I was called Danny my entire life from my family. It has this very classic uh, cover. It's this neon green with like this baby and the big, like these big it's teeth. It's a really horrendous it's, cover. Yeah, it's not, but it's like classic. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chumbawamba's... <laughs> <laughs> Not their debut, because they're actually really successful. I believe they're from Ireland. They're like, if yeah. you look at them, they have a huge discography. They just hit it big with that album. Huh, interesting. What about you?
1: The first, you know, album that was mine was also a cassette. I had only like a year or two of cassette, and then CDs kind of took over. And it's sort of a similar story, actually. My stepmom, Jill, uh, had been at a well, I don't know. It must have been like a summer like festival or something. And she had been... In like a contest or something that the radio station had been doing, ninety-eight PXY, hmm. the number one hit music station, uh, in Rochester. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and uh, anyway, she like won this like raffle or contest or something, and the the prize was a cassette of Insync's debut album. And I remember exactly where I was: was in front of my grandparents' house. And she was like, oh, I won this. I thought you might want to have it. And uh, I yeah. had just been... I, I felt like I had been handed the Holy Grail. I was just like, oh my God. You don't know how valuable mm-hmm. this is. This is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wore that thing out. Yeah. Like, I can tell you what's on each side of the Actually, don't don't call me on don't that. Don't quiz you. <laughs> um, but I can tell you a few things. It was self-titled, sides. right? No. I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Had you're that honest. kind of like... Those Blue-ish. black and white uh, photos on the cover with like the blue and yeah. orange text. Yeah. And... How how did you listen to cassettes? I don't remember. I must have had, like, a little, like, Walkman. Did you have one of those? I didn't have a
0: cassette Walkman. I had a CD uh, cassette player in my bedroom. It was, oh, it started with an A. Uh, I don't remember the Boombox brand, and I wish I did. But it
1: was a Boombox. It was a Boombox. It was okay. 100%.
0: You plugged it in, and it had a cassette and a CD player. Impressive. And... And I played it on that. And that's where I would record radio shows and, you know, mm-hmm. replay, you know, the I hit, recorded the radio shows at 9 too. or whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. We
1: also had 9 at 9. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So you had a boombox. Yeah. Uh, boomboxes were huge. I had a boombox and it was my prized possession. Yeah. It was like neon green. It was one of those that had like kind of wow. plastic components that were like see-through.
0: Yeah. Like, yes. You oh, know I, I do. I do. Those were sought after. I didn't have yeah. one of those. Yeah. I had one of
1: those. So love the boomboxes. So what about radio stations? I mentioned 98PXY. Mm-hmm. We had that one, and then we had um, 106.7. Okay. And those were the competing hit stations. Okay. Um, but if you were me in the 90s, you would have also checked out 100.5. These were
0: all these were all Rochester-based? Uh-huh. Okay, because I know it's a big enough city, but I just didn't know how big it would be to have enough radio stations. Oh, we got, stations. We got yeah. W W B E
1: WBEE 98.3. Okay. Uh, 93.3, which was like something ridiculous. It was like the random station. There's 90.5, w- WBER. <laughs> My mom's going to be mad at me for saying it wrong. <laughs> WBER, which is the alternative station. Um, there's uh, 101.3, Warm 101.3. That's the one that played like, you know, Delilah on the Coast or whatever. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it was the like soft rock. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we were, you know, as far as I was concerned, we were in New York City. We yeah. had like all different, right. <laughs> lots of offerings. Well,
0: I was basically you in New basically, York City. Yeah. yeah, and we had the cream of the crop, C100, which was the, I mean, the top radio station, probably in the country at that point. But we had it, you know, as a regional station, which was the top pop songs of the time. Mm-hmm. C100 was huge. They had Jingle Ball every year, which was like their their Christmas, their holiday concert series. They had different shows. I mean. They had a huge listenership. I'm positive of mm-hmm. that. Then there was PLJ 95.5. These are all still there, but um, PLJ was kind of like the alternative rock kind of pop. It's where you would hear what I consider to be the most overplayed song of the 90s. Ooh, we haven't talked about this. Smooth.
1: Oh, my Rob God. My dad loved that Santana album. If-
0: okay if i never hear that song again for the rest of my life but the
1: rest of the album is okay it's it's like a santana album it was just like him featuring rob thomas but i do remember that every time we were listening to the car i always get to the santana song that and the uh, michelle branch one that's a different album though
0: yeah so plj would play stuff like that got it yeah and then there was hot 97 97, these are all again still huge radio stations in new york that was the top rap station 92.3 92.3 was K-Rock, R.I.P., not a, not a, Sad. not a hard, it was a harder rock station. Okay. 104.3, classic rock as I got older. 106.7 was Light FM, which was like your Delilah. hmm And, but yeah, I mean, Z100 is really, 100.3 will forever be like the station that we all listen to. hmm Yeah.
1: Do you have any like specific radio memories?
0: Honestly, just waiting for the songs I wanted to hear play, and then hit record play on the yes. on the cassette player. Yeah. I mean that like, I never called in. I never went to any, you know, events that any of the stations had. I don't believe it was more of just like constantly listening mm-hmm. and constantly like making tapes of. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard to communicate to, um, you know, I teach college students, and they don't really have an imagination for. Anything other than the internet, yeah. as far as like getting music goes. Yeah. So it's like hard to explain. Like there was no way to hear the song you wanted to hear other than just waiting. It had to be there <laughs> at the yeah. boombox. Yeah. And if you missed it, you missed it.
0: And if you missed it, you had no idea if you missed it because there was no like internet to check the right the timestamp or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was gone.
1: And I remember when um, "Hit Me Baby One More Time" album by Britney Spears mm-hmm. came out. That was obviously the single, the title track. But the second single was crazy. Yeah. And I loved Crazy. I thought that was like the best song. And I remember being at a neighbor's house, um, and she and I kept calling into ninety-eight PXY, being like, Will you play Crazy by Britney Spears? And they were like, Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. And we called them like repeatedly, like every hour. Mm-hmm. And we stayed up so late, probably like ten PM. Yeah. Know, who knows? Um, but I just remember like it took hours and hours and it finally played wow. and we were so happy. They were probably going to play it anyway. I mean, yeah. I'm sure... It they was didn't like name drop you or I, yeah, Unfortunately, they didn't mention us. But yeah. yeah, it's just like hard to even think about that time when it was like that was the only way to hear the music you needed yeah. to hear. Or like when um, there was a... We were recently talking about the in-sync album, Pop. Yes. And how bad it is.
0: More like Flop.
1: <sighs> Good one. Thanks. <laughs> um, but when the single came out, Pop, I remember like all the radio stations were hyping it up so much. They yeah. were like stay tuned for the world debut of the new NSYNC song. And I was so excited. And I was in the car with my mom. And finally it was time, whatever. It was maybe like noon on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And they played it. And the whole time I was sitting there and it ended. And I was like, that was it? And then I had to wait like another hour or two until I could hear it again. You know what I mean? But But that's the thing.
0: Another hour or two until they played it again. Yeah, you had to like
1: just sit there and wait. And like you'd hear a good song. You'd be like, great song. Like what is it? And maybe you wouldn't find out. Like maybe... Remember the agony of if they wouldn't say what the song was but you liked it and you're like, yeah is that song? right oh yeah all of these are problems that we no longer deal with right? yep so what about the first so we talked about like you know the first album you mm-hmm. kind of got your hands on but what was the first album that really made you feel cool
0: green day's international super hits it was okay. their it was their greatest hits essentially that mm-hmm. came out i don't know when I, I actually wanted to look this up before we started i want to say it was early 2000s late 90s i was probably in 7th or 8th grade, and I was late on the Green Day train, I think. I got into Dookie, and then came like this, this, uh, Greatest Hits. Yeah. And I, it's, it's so, I mean, it's it's still so good, um, and that's what, I mean, Green Day was cool. Green it Day was. was punk rock, you know? Yeah. And I loved that album, and I played it, it was this, I had the CD, I still, I probably still have it at my, my, my dad's house. Mm-hmm. Um You know, shoe, shoebox shoe somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: The first CD I ever had that I was like, this is cool and I'm cool to have it was the Killers debut CD. Oh. Um, which Hot Fuss. Yep. Which I bought at a Target. So already not that cool. None of my friends knew about it. I thought it was the coolest thing in the entire world. I remember the song Mr. Brightside, like hearing it and being like, This is a whole other thing. And I remember yeah. like being at friends' but houses and, and making them listen to it yeah. and be like, You have to hear yeah. this song. A line, you know, obviously famous about like he's touching his chest and it's supposed to, you know, you think it's gonna go somewhere else. The mm-hmm. rhyme scheme, we're all like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was the first CD that I was like, wow, look at me, so tasteful. No, that's a good one, that's yeah. a great one. I mean, yeah. it was kind of late, you know, like that was yeah. like later on, and um, when did that come out?
0: Yeah, that was later on. I mean, I was like six mm, earlier than that. Oh, I really? was like, yeah, because. Sam's Town, the better album. <clears> okay.
1: No no no. We're not gonna have that fight right
0: now. <laughs> came out in uh, two thousand six. Really? Sam's Town came out in two thousand six. Hot Fuss came no. out in like 03.
1: Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I was a it. freshman in high that school tracks. and you
0: would have been in like sixth or seventh grade? That tracks, yeah. yeah. I
1: remember the friends I was with and that that all adds up. Yeah. Were you into music videos when you were a kid?
0: I was into TRO. I was into Total sure. Request Live three thirty every day, Carson Daly. Liz and I, we were obsessed. We watched every, we watched. It was on Monday through Friday. Yeah. But like, what could have been different about every? You know, it was a top ten countdown. That's what Total Request Live was. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about it now, like, what really day to day could have been any different? I mean, every number one song, it was always mm-hmm. and St. Britney, from the day Christina, Backstreet, maybe sometimes 98 Degrees, depending on what song. What about song Jessica it was. Simpson? Yeah, she's great. Too, but I don't <laughs> think she ever got the number one spot for like. 180 days, like and sing Singer, Backstreet, right. Brittany did, yeah. But yeah, music videos are huge. I mean, a song that's memorable to me that I, I wrote down here that it has a really good video and is and is someone that I mention sometimes to you is Vanessa Carlton and yeah. Thousand Miles." Mm. I loved, I loved that song, and I was, you know, different. Oh, that I was love like Vanessa Carlton. This, she was a really good. Her first album was really good. Great video, and I, I, I love that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about you?
1: I. I don't know that I was so much into music videos as much as that's just what everybody was doing. I don't know. I feel like the radio and music videos were like, you know, on similar levels of like being everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and I watched music videos. I never watched TRL, which is funny because I don't know why, but, um, I watched music videos every morning. Like, I watched the VH1, um, like, I think it was called, like, Fresh Start or something. They had, like, a yes, hours-long program yeah. at the start of every day where they would just play music videos. What a boon for television networks. They oh, were just incredible. like, oh, you'll make the content and we'll just show it? Yeah. Great. Like, yeah. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I just remember watching music videos while waiting for the bus. And that created a weird situation because, like, a lot of music videos were dealing with, like, pretty mature themes slash, like... You know, hypersexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like a weird environment to be watching that at like seven a.m. Yeah, in the cold dark of an upstate New York morning. But uh, I think a music video that really sticks in my brain for some reason is Shakira's video for "Wherever, Whenever." Yeah. Oh. Huge. It's like green screen. She's wearing. She's like, larger than life. Yeah, she's enormous. There are those horses. Um, she's like this brown. It's like leather, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this unbelievable mane of hair. Yeah. Yeah, she's like crawling in the mud. I don't know. That is just those images are just like burned in my brain. Oh, yeah. I must have seen it a thousand times. But yeah, I mean that was just a big part of of like childhood was just yeah. like idly watching music videos whenever you could because it was like fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. it was it was CDs and music videos. I mean, mm-hmm. it was such how much money that those are. I mean, they they were the 90s and late 90s particularly like those those groups. Yeah. It was you just bought a $20 CD
1: yeah so that's true um there's a i've taught a little bit about like media and culture so i'm like Mm -hmm. thinking of the um those resources now but like in that time period people bought on average like the average family bought about one cd a week
0: Mm -hmm. i believe that
1: we don't pay for music at all anymore yeah we pay a monthly fee to a company like spotify then gives about 10 cents Mm -hmm. to taylor swift Mm -hmm. um so it's very, very different. Right. Um, and it has a lot of actual major impacts on the art that can come out. Yeah. Because record labels cannot afford to take risks, essentially. Right. So they're much less likely to take on Chumbawamba. Mm-hmm. And they're more likely to say, like, okay, Matchbox 20, time for, you know, the next hit. You know? Yeah. So um, it's something that we don't actually notice a lot. But, like, major record deals, basically in the 90s, you would have um, the billboard top 10 would be top 10 different artists. Mm -hmm. These days, the billboard top 10 is maybe three artists or four artists because you have um, all the resources being sort of like pooled with, certain artists that they believe are, like, money makers, like Justin Bieber, who's being funneled tons and tons of record money despite having a crappy recent album, Yeah, you know? yeah. And they're just like, whatever, it's Justin Bieber, name recognition, mm-hmm. because that's how, like, precarious the the field has become. But, yeah, yeah record sales are, like, zero. Like, yeah. People just do not buy yeah. them anymore. they just have to tour their And it does have a major off. impact on, yeah. on on art, so.
0: Yeah. To close that point, it's just, like, the 90s was just, like, you we were going to FYE. Oh, we yeah. were going, Jesus. I mean,
1: all of your Christmas gifts yeah. were CDs. Yeah. Yeah. And so.
0: how hard they were to the damn plastic off
1: i remember like christmases or birthdays having like a pile and having to do them all at once yeah. you know like figuring out that plastic yeah, and the sticker very complex knocks, yeah yeah what about concert experiences first yeah. concert
0: let's talk first concert so for me it was the all that music and more festival wow yeah it was in uh no need Pien- to flex. <laughs> <laughs> it was i was probably 10 or so I went with my mom, my sister Liz, cousin Carrie, cousin Mike and Jimmy, Aunt Patty, and probably my Aunt Karen. And it was at the PNC Bank Art Center, which is still the PNC Bank Art Center, in uh, down by the Jersey Shore. I think Holmdale is the town. Mm-hmm. They still have, like, it's where, like, Dave Matthews goes. We're like, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's an amphitheater. The headliner was 98 Degrees. Wow. This was my first concert. Like, That's great. 98 Degrees. It was Tatiana Ali. Does that name ring yeah, a bell? Yeah, wasn't at all? she
1: on Fresh Prince of Bel Air?
0: Oh, was she? She was, right? Yeah, she
1: plays my um, oh, well, sister. She's Gosh, ringing more of a, a
0: bell to you than me. 3LW <gasps> was there. Yeah. I
1: loved 3LW. Great. I had their CD. I loved it so much. Sorry.
0: Keep yeah. Going. I don't remember who else was on that bill. I want to say maybe Maya, but I might, be, uh, I might not be right about that. Mm hmm. But then interspersed was like Keenan and Kel. I mean, it was, it was, there was skits (laughs) going on. It was really cool. And it was an amphitheater. So it was like a summer lawn event. It was great. You, what about you?
1: It's hard to say. So because my mom worked for an orchestra for a lot of my childhood, Mm -hmm. if there were big guests, like, well, I mean, first of all, I was at the orchestra like every weekend. So, um, that doesn't really count. It's not exactly what we're talking about. Um, but for example, one of the guests they had when I was, (laughs) when I was a kid was James Taylor. I just realized I have a James Taylor story, which is my mom took me to see James Taylor Mm -hmm. with the Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra. And uh, because she worked for the orchestra, we were able to go to like a meet and greet afterwards, like Mm -hmm. a reception where he um, basically allowed people to like wait in a line to meet him, shake his hand. Yeah. And um, I I should have asked my mom before I did this. She can correct me. I feel like I couldn't have been older than like eight, nine, ten, something Mm -hmm. like that. We waited in line so that I can meet James Taylor, and um, when we got up to meet him, he like got down on one knee and he stuck out a hand and he said, "Hi, I'm James Taylor." And apparently, I stuck out my head, hand and I said, "Hi, I'm Chelsea Wall."
0: Nice. <laughs> like, like you better remember as me if, too. As if
1: like there was only two Chelseas in the whole there world. There was a mutual was meeting, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're on the same page yeah. here. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. But I think the, like the first time I remember being like at a concert was I don't. The Wallflowers? You remember oh, the Wallflowers? Oh, yeah. Um, bless you, our cat just sneezed. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's Jacob Dylan's band. I don't think yeah. it is anymore. I don't think they're. I don't know if they still exist. But I think the first. But that didn't feel like that was something that like the adults that I was, you know, my yeah. family members were going to and they yeah. took me to because yeah. like they had nothing to do with me. Right. But I think the first concert that I went to that was like, I am going to a concert that I want to go to was a Fallout Boy concert. Mm. In the ninth, tenth grade, Um, my dad took me and my friend Kristen Rab to see Fall Out Boy, "Cute Is What We Aim For," and Gym Class Heroes. Nice at the Blue Cross Arena.
0: Geneva, New York zone.
1: That's right. (laughs) Uh, That was like something something like where the Wild Things Are tour. Oh boy. Uh, Yeah, it was wild. My dad was just like stunned into silence the entire time.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: What about school dances?
0: School dances. Yeah, I went to them. But I when I think about, like, grade school dances, and I think about, like, the, are we talking about, like, the songs that define those? Or yeah, yeah, I'm that curious, like, what
1: songs came on drove everybody to the dance floor?
0: Yeah. What's My Age Again by Blink-182, <laughs> when I am transported back to the Wampo School Gymnasium or the Haskell School Gymnasium. And, like, truly, I just hear all of us pre-puberty just screaming and running to, like jump up and down during that entire song i wasn't really like asking girls to dance Mm -hmm. but a song that i remember was like the slow dance song was casey and jojo's all my life
1: oh nice! great
0: little piano intro sure and like i remember the slow songs i don't want to miss a thing by aerosmith yeah but also like all star by smash mouth oh yeah song was everywhere Mm -hmm. definitely at school dances and a huge huge song nookie Olympus Yeah,
1: yeah. Massive. That was a song that parents hated.
0: Yeah, because it was mainstream. Because yeah. it wasn't, it was It was hard rock. Right. But somehow that, they they walked the line of being mm-hmm. in the mainstream. And like, mm-hmm. kids that were listening to pop music like me or whatever were like. And they, had, they they were on TRL. They were like next to NSYNC. So that made them accessible.
1: Mm-hmm. It's funny because you and I were only, you're three years older than three me? Three years older, yeah. So, like, we're just slightly off of each other's... Yeah. Like, we have similar...
0: Like, um... you were too young for... <laughs> I was Biscuits too young for Limp Biscuit,
1: but I wasn't too young for Blink-182. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say I was under the age. Like, when Steven and Lauren went to see Blink-182 on Laguna Beach, wow. I was too young to have been going to a Blink-182 concert.
0: We need to dedicate an entire episode oh, to just Blink Oh, I Laguna think that's Beach. a great idea. <laughs> Keep going. Um, But
1: I think, like, the songs... We also had, like, school dances that you went to just because there was nothing else going on. Mm -hmm. Um, In middle school, they were called Fun Nights because it wasn't just, you know, music. There was also, like, a movie showing in the auditorium. We had
0: those, too, but those were separate, yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Um, So, yeah, so we went to those, like, just just to hang. And the songs that I remember (laughs) being really big... I mean, Cotton Eye Joe by rednecks r-e-d-n-e-s is that right yes was huge i mean god and i came on and and like whatever conversation you were having you'd be like i'm sorry i have to go like it's Uh, i'm contractually obligated i gotta go do the dance i know the
0: dance right now yeah
1: Yeah, we could do it right now i don't think it would translate probably not great so that uh later years like in the high school years the song that just i i i hear it when i think of those dances is get low wow okay I think of "Get Low" coming on, and that was like my cue to leave the dance floor because I thought, you know, when I was in high school, grinding was like in vogue, and I thought it was so disgusting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was always like holier than thou on the side of the dance floor, like oh, so yeah. gross. Um, there Rough. Was, weren't a lot of slow dances in my oh, okay. high school experience, but one was "Don't Want to Miss a Thing" by Aerosmith. Yeah. That was my prom that song. I'm oh, sad wow. to say. Um, okay. What about like local bands or like shows that you went to in your town?
0: So the biggest band when I was around like the turn of high school was a band called Four Times Daily. Okay. Four Times Daily was a, was, I was about to say huge, was a, <laughs> was a noteworthy pop punk band from Haskell. Okay. And that went to Lakeland where I went to high school. They were friends with my sister's kind of crew sure uh liz is two years older than me so she was a junior i was a freshman when this band was really big but like four times daily like we had to get our hands on like the four times daily like cds mm. and i i can name everyone in that band so steve Elliott was on vocals <laughs> Are you swear to god mike Poncica <laughs> was on lead guitar chris o'hanlon still making music is uh was on bass guitar matt barrera was on rhythm guitar. And Billy Kipeoff was on drums. Billy Kipeoff, we know, because he is married to Amanda. Yeah, my my sister's best friend. Uh, (laughs) One of my sister's best friends. Yeah, Billy was on the drums of that band. They were just, they were big to us. They were big to, like, the high school. They weren't, like, the made-a-big band. The made-a-big band was Census Fail. Oh, okay, well, that's a real... Yeah, I mean, no offense to should have. Yeah, I should have brought them up, but the drummer, Dan Trapp, went to our high school. We thought they were fairly big. I actually never really listened to a lot of Census Fail stuff, but uh knew his brother a little bit brian and dan yeah would just go off the to tour and then we went we realized like holy shit this band is big when we went down to like the seaside heights boardwalk and saw other people that like you know just that's an hour and a half south of us and we saw census fail shirts we're like oh my god like they're bigger than we thought
1: mm-hmm. yeah i heard of census fail mm-hmm. yeah so you locally well you know as we talked about i was from a a little idyllic town on the Erie Canal, so it wasn't exactly like a scene to yeah. speak of. But there are a few bands from high school I want to talk about. Uh, and they're all sort of related. One, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to talk about this, uh, The Skeptics, um, which was a band made up of like four like upperclassmen. And uh-huh. by upperclassmen, I mean like they were seniors and I was a sophomore, you know, so like they were so cool. And they were the band that like the school would trot out on yearbook day to just like do covers in the gym, you know. Yeah. Uh and I remember very distinctly on one yearbook day they were doing their covers and they covered um You Will You Will by Bright Eyes. Oh. And so I old for you. Yeah, I mean it was over for me. I like ran up to them after the song and I said, "I love that song." And they looked at me like, "Yeah, so do we." You know yeah, what I mean? Like that right, was the end of the interaction. Right. I was like, "Okay." Um, but the important thing to know about the skeptics is that they wrote a song, they wrote a song called Brotherhood Sisterhood Week, and the reason they did that was because there was something in the Fairport School District called Brotherhood Sisterhood Week, and it was something I don't know who started it, but it was a district wide week every spring mm-hmm. where um, there would just be all these like events and programming related to community and friendship and support and like whatever like. Uh, high school students would go to the elementary schools and like meet with younger kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'd be volunteer projects. Um, there was an enormous pep rally. There were special activities and classes. It was just this week that the entire district just gave, gave themselves a hug. It was very cute. Hmm. Um, they, had, <laughs> they had an acronym to go with Brotherhood and Sisterhood Week. Um, first, it was CART when I was um, growing up uh, in elementary school, and CART stood for... Ooh, I'm going to mess this up. Uh, Compassion, Caring awareness, responsibility, and tolerance. But then they changed it to care, and they changed uh, the T to an E, went from tolerance to uh, like a word. No, a word that means more like, it's nicer than tolerance, because tolerance implies like we tolerate you. Embrace, Uh. that's what it was, embrace. So we were embracing each other's differences, we weren't just tolerating them. Anyway, it was this, now that I'm describing it, I'm like this sounds like a fever dream, but it was real. And the Skeptics wrote a song for <laughs> Brotherhood Sisterhood Week. And if I can find it, we will find a way to share it with the yeah. audience. Because it is an incredible, like, pop punk song. It is wow. a very good song. The lyrics are hysterical. It's Honestly, really
0: great, great band name.
1: I agree. And yeah. it's really too bad that they didn't um, go any further than they did. So there, there was that, the Skeptics. And then in when I was a senior, uh, there was a band, a metal band, called A Deeper Shade of Blue. ooh yeah, and they covered the Brotherhood Sisterhood Week song when they Whoa, were seniors a little to cross carry on. yeah, carry on the tradition in the scene. But they had a metal cover of it. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> so out. we were all in the pep rally, and they're like Brotherhood, no, 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 Sisterhood, and we were like, Oh my god, <laughs> it was really intense. Yeah. So that's kind of like the extent of like the influential bands. Um, but I was also in a band briefly in high school. That had a small following of my friends. Um, I had a band with my friend Michael. We were called It's Bear Season. <laughs> yep. And I'll just give you one little tidbit from our illustrious career. We did a like an open mic night at the Teen Center. Mm. The Lion's Den. In Fairport? Mm-hmm, okay. In the village. We did three songs. Uh, Mike was on keyboard. And I was on guitar. And I had a tambourine under one of my feet. Cousic? Uh No, I, I had a little amp. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. Um, and I sang. Um, Mike did not sing. He was like um, Schroeder in Peanuts. He yeah. just played the piano. Uh-huh. Never, never down. said anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we covered Paints Peeling by Rilo Kylie Nice. Then we did uh, Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Oh, hell yeah. And then we did Sam's Town, the wow. piano version. yeah. Um, From
0: their best album, Sam's Town.
1: Okay. Anyway, those were the... It, it was just not a big band scene. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: So... Um, Do you have any concert experiences that are like memorable?
0: I do. Again, I mentioned Bruce in the beginning of this, Springsteen, and I'll mention him again. He was, he was again, like, he was huge not just for me, but like for my dad's side of the family, especially my Uncle Dave, my Uncle Mike, my Aunt Karen. They all have seen Bruce so many times. And I remember I was like 12 years old, I think I was 12 when really during the 90s, Bruce was like a solo artist, mm-hmm. so I like, there was no really a chance of me seeing him in concert with like the band, with like the yeah. E Street band, until they they reunited kind of for a tour in I believe the turn of the millennium, so like 2000. And I was going to go, my dad got his tickets, me and him, and he wanted to go with his son, you know, and get them all into <laughs> Bruce, because like when you go see a Bruce show, you are truly, truly, truly transformed, and I believe that.
1: I have yet to be transformed, by the way. It will
0: happen. It will happen. <laughs> it has. A, it, he's at this window here where he hasn't been on tour since we uh-huh. started dating, really. Uh-huh. But anyway, uh, I was planning to go see him. My uncle Dave was over, and he comes up to my room and he gives me the Born to Run cassette and he says, "The concert's next week. You do nothing, but play track five. You don't 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 leave the house. Just play track five. <laughs> And memorize every part of the song because he—I think he knew. I was—I loved—I memorized lyrics like constantly. I mm. loved like just sitting there replaying songs and just memorizing lyrics. And track five was the title track "Born to Run" because he knew like Bruce will play this song. It is the big—the lights turn on and everyone sings it. And I memorized it in a few days for sure. And then to come down with pneumonia, couldn't see Bruce. Oh. My dad was bummed. I was bummed. I got That's a T-shirt sad. out of the deal. Let's fast forward to. I had finally seen him in concert um, during uh, the Rising tour in like around 2002-2003 when he Mm -hmm. um, toured that album. It was like when the the band actually reunited for like an actual album, not just a tour. I saw him and it was incredible, it was at Giant Stadium, I was 14 and it was like, okay, I get it, you know, I, I really got into him after that. But then the story really like, the real heart of the story in terms of like a memorable moment at a concert happens at Warped Tour okay and i went to warp tour when i was 15 or 16 it was like 2003 i want to say i was a sophomore in high school and i go with a bunch of my buddies and it's funny because walking up to like the venue this big parking lot it was in central jersey not far from where bruce lived Mm -hmm. uh A good friend of mine at the time and a great guy, Sean Ryan, uh, always like a jokester was like, oh, I thought we were going to a Springsteen concert. (laughs) Ha ha. We're all like all laughing. We're all like, oh, my dad loves Bruce. And I was talking about when I saw him like that year prior in in concert. And um, so there was like an immediate kinship to Bruce for whatever reason that day. But we're seeing like Yellow Card. We're seeing Taking Back Sunday. We're Mm -hmm. seeing like those bands. Sean, we're all separated because there's like 10 of us. We're all seeing different things. We meet up. And then Sean has his digital camera and he's like, guys, Sean Ryan. I swear to you i just took a picture of bruce springsteen bruce springsteen is here we're all like what what do you mean i took a picture but my battery died you have to trust me bruce springsteen is here sean ryan was not a trustworthy person he was (laughs) he was the biggest prankster of our grade and we were just like bullshit Uh no way bruce springsteen's here yeah okay we're 20 minutes from his like house in his hometown but like your battery just happens to die when you catch a picture of Bruce Springsteen eating a slice of pizza like no way (laughs) so a bunch of us I bet half the group probably five of us are seeing the band Yellow Card who Mm -hmm. I loved sure um we're about they're wrapping up with their set they're finishing their last song but we want to catch Taking Back Sunday so we're about to go I walk away with a couple friends I think Pat Beeger was no Pat Beeger wasn't there and that's why he kicks himself about this (laughs) uh someone's like Dan come back come back whoever is still seeing Yellow Card come back Bruce Springsteen is he's right there and we're like I'm like I'm looking on stage I'm like did he come out and like do an encore with a yellow card <laughs> like 100 yards away and and no joke Bruce Springsteen is 10 feet away from us and we're all just and I, I mean we could see he has a very clear like his profile you can just like there, there's like a nose of Bruce so that uh-huh. like it's very noticeable and then you just see like under a baseball cap with these sunglasses it's like oh it's He's, that is Bruce Springsteen and there's a guy next to him with like a lanyard or something on he just looked like he was like not a bodyguard but like clearly a guy that he like mm-hmm. rolls with to a huge public event true so like well, are we gonna say something and Sean Ryan who again was like the prankster who thought he saw him who swore he saw him earlier but had like enough courage to do it like he was the one that would do it mm-hmm. and he taps the other guy on the shoulder we walk up to him Can we like we know like that's Bruce Springsteen. Can we like say something? And the guy taps Bruce on the shoulder and Bruce Springsteen freaking turns around and like looks at all of us. We're all just like Oh my god. And like Sean Ryan is just like, you know, we were we love you, we we're raised on your music. Our parents are really big fans, we just like wanted to say hello. And he shakes shakes all of our hands. Like you know, they say don't meet your heroes. Like for me, like he takes a couple pictures with us on like a first generation camera phone, Mm. and it's god-awful. The most pixelated picture that I still have on my camera roll because we've all passed it around over the over the years, and like the joke is that like I called my dad right after and my friends were like we could hear him screaming over the phone from Haskell, New Jersey. (laughs) Like my, he was beside himself. He I saw, I'm like, Dad, I just met Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) Are you kidding me? And um, yeah. That's, like, the most memorable thing that ever happened to me at a concert, but it's because of, like, who was in the crowd. Mm-hmm. He was there, by the way, because his son, who was, like, two years younger than me, just wanted to see bands. And he's like, all right, let's go.
1: So, I think we need to talk about the digital era of music that arrived probably when I was, you know, fully probably when I was, like, uh, 13, 12. Yeah. Um, so, my questions first, let's talk about devices. Um, sure. And... I really just desperately want to talk about my pink iPod Nano, Mm -hmm. which was, did they call them Nanos at that time?
0: It depends. I mean, Nanos were the ones that only carried a thousand songs. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they had iPod Nanos, and the first time they did those, I think they did them in a few colors. One of them was pink. Mm -hmm. I just had to have it. Like, it was just like the only thing I thought of day in, day out. So uh, my mom bought me an iPod Nano. I want to say this for Christmas. Maybe it was for my birthday. Unclear. And... It was just the best thing I'd ever owned. Yeah. It had the, um, you know, the black and white screen. Like there was no light, there was no backlight. So like if you were in the dark, you couldn't see yeah. anything on your iPod. Um, and it was just so freaking cool. Oh, they were, cool. It they was were light as a feather. Yeah. It was tiny. Yeah. And that was the thing. Is my mom was like, "You're gonna lose that," and I was like, "No, I'm not." And sure enough, I left it on a bus once, um, <laughs> but I got it back. Nice. Um, yeah. I just I loved that thing so much. Um, after that, I had a Zoom. Do you have a Zune?
0: That vaguely sounds familiar, but I don't have any reference for it. So
1: I think my Nano died. I'm certain it died. Um, maybe after, like, a couple years. And uh, then I got a Zune, which was, like, this little black, like, chiclet, like, square thing. Uh, very much the low-budge version of the iPod Nano. And then I got the next generation iPod Nano. Mm-hmm. I think when I turned 16, that was my like 16th birthday gift for my mom. And those ones were squares. They like had a big um, like LED screen. Yeah, like, those are the ones I think you could watch video on. Yeah, um, but same click wheel. But it was like very square, whereas the Nano was much more like rectangular.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I mean, those were like my best friends. Like I took them everywhere with me.
0: Yeah,
1: they were like the best possessions I owned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just loved having. And an ipod oh um, yeah and i'm honestly kind of sad i can't use them anymore
0: yeah
1: um the last ipod i had was a like a full like the regular ipod yeah um, or
0: you could have like ten thousand songs yes, or something i had so
1: many songs yeah. and um that was a graduation gift for my dad wow and i used it all throughout college and i think for a while i could still plug it in and use it but like the battery is like totally shot mm-hmm. i don't think you can use it anymore um did you have iPods? I had a
0: Nano. Okay. Yeah, I had, that's the only iPod I ever had. I had a Nano, but I had it for a long time, so I think I brought it with me to college. I mean. Mm -hmm. What color was it? It was white. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was white. Yeah, Mm -hmm. classic one. I loved it a lot because at that time, again, this is when like the downloading era happened. Yeah. It was just so easy to put songs on your iPod and immediately they were like in your ears and you were walking around with them.
1: It was, I mean, it was life-changing. Like, you went from being, like, I could only have what's on this 12-track CD I bought at Target to, you know, depending on what platform you were using, I could have any song in the world. Yeah, yeah, and then iTunes, I mean, with the iPod came iTunes. Right. And I remember my dad was a pretty early adopter of iTunes, and so, like, um, I told him in the eighth grade that I really like this band Fall Out Boy, Mm -hmm. and I also like this band Coldplay, and my dad was trying to, like encourage my musical taste yeah so he uh you know went to his like relatively new itunes account and he purchased well, yeah uh, like three songs by fall boy three songs by coldplay a couple songs by system of a down which i was also wow. into at the toxicity. time
0: toxicity
1: uh-huh. uh-huh and a few other songs and he burnt me a cd and i still have it it's called chelsea's cool disc from daddy <laughs> Amazing. and it has like all these you know songs again that he went and paid 99 cents for and i remember i mean i'm sure you do too there was a time where having an itunes gift card was like
0: oh my god
1: you could buy anything that was on the itunes library so i didn't have i didn't use napster limewire because i didn't use any of that what i had my pathway to the underground was a live journal community Mm-hmm. called the indie exchange okay and i didn't actually have so i used live journal i'm really outing myself here for right. using live journal um i didn't have access to this but my friend anna did so anna was like part of this community and she let me use her login so i would log in to her live journal so that i could go to the indie exchange and what was happening on that like community is people were just uploading zip files of oh yeah entire albums playlists And because it was LiveJournal, which is a very creative, dynamic platform that still exists, um, people would make like playlists. Like they would make a playlist with like really cool, you know, like Tumblr era, like filtered photos Mm -hmm. and like each had a theme Mm -hmm. and you'd like download and feel like you're in an indie movie. So that was my main, that was how I downloaded all of my music was through this weird LiveJournal community. Portal, basically. Yeah. And I never thought a thing about it. I mean, it was very safe because it was through, it was a direct download. Like, they were really cautious about the people who were part of the community. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was just the same thing as, like, downloading a bunch of Word files. Yeah, you know thousands of people were doing it at the yeah. same time as you. And yeah. you'd download this, like, zip file, and then you had to have an expander, like, WinRAR yeah. or something. So yeah. we had WinRAR, and I would always use that to expand out the yeah. files. And I, I became, like, a expert at, like, yep. locating and downloading. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it was the Wild West. There was yeah. no oversight. There was very little regulation yeah uh no such thing as spotify or anything like that and you have an interesting story about like kind of a quirk of the digital download era
0: so i remember downloading the album uh our endless number days by iron and wine Mm -hmm. and i remember one of the songs that i really loved off of that album was a song called cinder i think cinder and smoke or cinders and smoke i think it was cinder and smoke okay i loved that song from that album so much this was again during like Media fire would go right to iTunes. That time period passed. And I remember when Spotify came along, I remember downloading that album one day uh, and listening to it like on a bus when I was living in here in Philadelphia or at least working here. And I remember going to Cinders and Cinder and Smoke and I'm like, "Oh, this this isn't the song. This isn't the song from the album. This isn't the song that like I loved. This what, what this like it wasn't as good. I just didn't mm. like it as much."
1: Yeah.
0: And I Clearly, like Spotify, which was the more legitimate way to listen to music, it wasn't downloading a MetaFire zip. It was, it was the right song. So that entire time, when I thought I loved "Cinder and Smoke" from like, from Iron Wine, it was not. It wasn't. It wasn't him. It wasn't mm-hmm. that band. And it like bugged the hell out of me. I'm like, what <laughs> was that? I didn't. And then so this, because this was years later. So I was mm-hmm. like, what were the lyrics to that song that I loved? I knew it didn't mention "Cinder and Smoke," but it was just like it sounded like Sam Bean, the lead singer. It sounded kind of like his voice, but it started to become clear like, oh, maybe, maybe it wasn't him. Hmm. How am I ever going to find this <laughs> song? Like, yeah. And that was a, that was total a quirk of that time period because you're downloading yeah. just a file. Right. You really don't know what's on it. Mm-hmm. It comes with like, the artwork.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: comes with the tracks in order. And for whatever reason, on Our Endless Number of Days by Iron and Wine, Cinder and Smoke was not... The legitimate cinder and smoke mm-hmm. and it bugged me because like years later i was like i really wanted to find whatever the hell song that was because it was so great mm-hmm. a year ago you and i are like <laughs> in bed and i like often will put headphones on and like listen to songs yeah i was listening to um an album by the band the red house painters mark kozelic is in that band okay, yeah. uh he had Sun kill moon and other stuff they were like a 90s kind of like indie band he had this great song have you forgotten mm, that that's i a play that i play a lot it's yeah. great so i was playing that one night when we were going to bed this is only like again like a year and a half ago and that song ends the next freaking song is that song oh that was God. on our endless number days media fire it was it was it i knew it immediately and it's a song called trailways mm. by the red house painters for whatever reason that that song was cinder and smoke on this iron and wine download that i downloaded right. in college yeah. and again for years i was i was just trying to remember any lyrics to that song and then that night we were in bed and i was like oh my god this is it <laughs> and it's like it's a phenomenal song that like yeah. it's not iron and wine
1: <laughs> right yeah yeah but that can happen when like you know just some teenager is like uploading files to yeah. mediafire or whatever i would forgotten that I have something similar it's a much it's not really a story it's just that when I downloaded um, Vampire Weekend's self-titled first album from mm-hmm. probably from the India Exchange um, the track Boston was on it and um, so every time and I burnt that to a CD that I've listened to in my car mm-hmm. so every time I listened to what I believe to be the Vampire Weekend debut album Boston was like track number nine or ten mm-hmm. but Boston is actually a b-side And Mm -hmm. if you go to Spotify or iTunes or anything, Boston cannot be found Mm -hmm. on the uh, Vampire Weekend.
0: Ladies of Cambridge?
1: Yeah. 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 Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I didn't even have, you know what I mean? Like, it was just a burnt CD. Right. It's amazing how like that digital time period like will burn stuff in your memory that has no paper trail. Yeah. Like no one can no one could solve that mystery for you. No one. You could have gone your entire life without ever. It's finding kind of that like
0: the again. Reply All episode where it's like I don't I'm I didn't but I didn't know any lyrics. Yeah.
1: That's you right. know you I I had, had no lyrics. idea where to start. Um. Okay. So I think we should do the last thing. Okay. And the last thing is a lightning round. Yes. And I really mean that. You can mm-hmm. say a couple words, mm-hmm. but you can't like tell the whole story. Okay. Unless you we'll discuss. Okay. Um, but the lighting round is songs you were obsessed with. And it doesn't have to be for any particular reason. It just has to be a song that you listened to over and over and over again. Like a song that just you thought was the coolest thing. Okay. Okay? Yeah. We'll so I go... think, should we do should we alternate or do you want to do your less? I'll do we Well more.
0: alternate. I think alternate will be Okay. Yeah.
1: Great. You go first.
0: Okay. Truly Manly Deeply by Savage <laughs> <Yeah>. Garden. <laughs>
1: It's not on my list, but it could be. That great song's song. incredible. Yeah. Uh, relatedly, Love Fool by the Cardigans.
0: White House's Vanessa oh, Carlson.
1: Same. I loved that song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes. Good one. Yeah.
0: I Love You Always Forever oh by my Donna gosh. Lewis.
1: <laughs> you are naming such good songs from my childhood. Yeah. Those are great.
0: That just reminds me of like being in the car with my mom and my sister. That was like the ultimate 90s song. Incredible.
1: Oh, yeah. that came on, you were. Oh,
0: my God. It's so good. Like, people, type into YouTube. I Love You Always Forever by Donna Lewis. That song freaking slaps. The it's bridge perfect. is incredible. Yeah. Such a good song.
1: Sugar We're Going Down by Fall Out Boy.
0: Ooh, good one. Damn it by Blink182. Very important song.
1: Somewhere Only We Know by Keen. Oh,
0: wow. I
1: love that song. Boy, does
0: that sound like an iPod. All like, right. Uh, all right. An iPod commercial. It was. What Would You Do City High? Oh, <gasps> yes. Yeah.
1: Great song. Thanks. Great song uh speed of sound by coldplay
0: great song mm-hmm. ride with me by nelly it's a classic
1: uh-huh it's a great song uh brothers on a hotel bed death cat for cutie oh okay that was my like super super sad song from okay. school. this you is know.
0: this is on point because i'm going to greatest romances of the 20th century by taking back sunday okay yeah
1: see i have no taking back sunday education so i don't okay means nothing to me yeah uh, Gold Digger by Kanye West. Oh. That was the song that you would use the headphone splitter on the bus to split your headphones with somebody else so you could listen to it yeah, at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. I would go... I'm going to go back. I'm not going chronological. Semi-Charmed Life, Third Eye Blind.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Massive. Yeah. Um, another headphone headphone splitter song, Alive with the Glory of Love by Say Anything.
0: Huge. Enormous. I mean, Say Anything, Alive with the Glory of Love, to me, is the most important song from my high school. Okay. Period. Yeah. I think... Alive with the Glory of Love transcended like the Screamo kids, the metal kids, That's the true. indie kids, the punk kids. That song it and brought that us band, together. that album really. Yeah. Just masterpiece.
1: Okay. <sighs> uh
0: Always on Time, Jaw Roll and a Yes. <laughs> that was a great song. Thank you.
1: Uh Neighborhood Number One by Arcade Fire.
0: Wow. Uh, this is so funny, because I'm going backwards, and you're doing, like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving high school. Yeah, and, you're like... and I'm <laughs> dropping Ba with the Bob" by Kid Rock. <laughs> Not exactly Awful. a great guy though. No. No, but... Uh,
1: at least you're honest. hmm Um, Waste of Paint by Bright Eyes.
0: Okay. Shoulder to the Wheel saves the day.
1: Okay. Uh, The Mixtape by Jack's Manicune.
0: Oh, man. You could pick any song from that album. I almost did, but I yeah. had to pick one, you know. <laughs> um... My Friends Over You by Newfound Glory.
1: No reference, but
0: oh, sounds great. Damn.
1: Uh, Feel Good Inc. by The Gorillas. We're
0: going to go back again a little bit. Ghetto Superstar.
1: Sure. By yeah.
0: I Don't Even Know Who. I think Maya was on that song, but I don't think it was her song. No,
1: I don't think so. Um, Here in Your Arms by Hello Goodbye.
0: Oh, I was going to
1: put a Hello <laughs> Goodbye song. I didn't,
0: though. That one, probably. Yeah. Uh, Crazy Gnarls Barkley.
1: Oh, sure. But does that count as when you were young? That was high school. It was. Oh yeah. Okay. Late high school. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, Just Dance, Lady Gaga. Yeah.
0: Don't overthink. Oh, that. I was in I was in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Since you've been gone, <gasps> Kelly Clarkson. Yes.
1: Uh, Misery of Business, Paramore.
0: Last but not least for me, on my list of maybe my top twenty greatest songs of all time, Ordinary People, John Legend.
1: That was a great song. Yeah. That was a great album. Really good. Uh, my last song. Also one of my all-time favorites, Predatory Wasp of the Palisades by Sufjan Stevens.
0: Ooh, nice. Yeah. Indie kid right there. It's a great song. It's a great song. It's a great song.
1: It's a perfect song. Uh, So that was really fun, and I'm going to put together a Spotify playlist based on this conversation. So if you're listening and you found this even a little bit relatable... Or maybe even you're interested in checking out what we were into. We will add to the show notes where you can find the Spotify playlist based on what we were into and we (laughs) know.